Meet Eddie, 23 years old. Fed up with life and the way things are going, he decides to rob a liquor store. But on his way in, he has a sudden change of heart, and suddenly, his conscience comes into play. Could you give At Marks With Mike's podcast a shout out? Shout out! Hey, yo! What a maneuver! Are you kidding me? The irresistible force Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again to another episode of Marks and Mikes. You already know it is by the sound of my voice. That's right, it's your boy, Mr. Six Foot Nine. JT back up in this piece once again. And listen, everybody, look, it's a Thursday. And as usual, you know, unless we get caught up and busy, we try to go ahead and drop y'all with an exclusive interview. This could be a wrestler. This could be a personality. This can even be a writer. I mean, we've we've had a, a couple writers on the show, but this person I'm particularly talking about actually is his first time um, on the show. This, this person has... Uh, been working really hard over this past year. You can find him at blursonline.com, uh, writing plenty of articles uh, about, of course, the wrestling, the culture, and a handful of other topics as well. But listen, I've been talking way too long. Of course, we definitely got to thank y'all for tuning in to all our previous episodes, but you know the drift. You know where we at. You know where to follow. The name of the show is right there. You know we are available on every podcast. Pause. You know that we're available on every podcast platform. You know that we're available on social media, whether it be Twitter, IG, or the Book of Faces. It's the name of the show. But without any further ado, I got to welcome to the show no other than Kwame Shakir. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Brother, I am doing a lot better than I was yesterday because we were supposed to link up yesterday and record this, but man, I had a migraine for I don't I don't know where, man. It just felt like I I, I don't know if you ever seen like the OG Jumanji when that drum be playing in the background. Doom 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 doom. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie before. It was a very fun movie. Okay. Yo, last it week, was it, man. Last week was like one of the worst weeks of my life because. Man, like, I had a little back pain that was kicking my ass last week. But now I'm so much better this week compared to last week. Yeah, we got to take it one day at a time, my brother. But uh, I, that, I will say this. Man, that's exactly how my head felt with that Jumanji beat, man. I'm just happy that I'm able to function. So speaking of functioning, man, we just got to get right to it. First and foremost, man, um, tell the people where you're from. Well, you know, I'm uh, from Montgomery, Alabama. Okay, shout out to Montgomery. I got family out there. My family, my dad's side of the family, I should say, is from Selma. Oh, okay. Uh, I have, you know, relatives that live um, up north, especially in places like Maine and uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, and even Ohio, and uh, also in Michigan. So, all right, shout out, shout out, shout out. But uh, so you know, you're from Montgomery, Alabama. So tell tell the people what, what it was like growing up in Montgomery. Well, you know, uh, my first five years were pretty rough. But like you know, when I moved into onto you know Jackson Street, like my first three years on Jackson Street are like the worst years of my life. You know, I 
you know, went through a lot of stuff at that time. I, I nearly drowned to death during the school field trip. You know, lost my second auntie to, you know, OD. Um, you know, lost my two oldest brothers to prison. And, you know, all that just, you know, took a huge toll on me until I, you know, watched a Saturday morning, uh, you know, kids show that, you know, I credit to this day for saving my life, which is the OG Power Rangers. And, you know, I, I love watching that show. And then, like, several years after that, I started watching wrestling, you know, because one night I was flipping through channels and found nothing that was really that interesting until I watched an episode of Nitro. And then when I watched the, the episode of Nitro, I'm like, you know what? I really like this wrestling thing. So after that episode, that became, for me, my personal introduction into professional wrestling. So, you know, definitely shout out to Power Rangers, man, because not going to lie, between Power Rangers, especially the throwback, you know, you had, you had uh, Jason, you had Billy, you had Zach, Kimberly, Trini, you know, and then you had Tommy come along, and then... You know, it was basically a Tommy show after that, man. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I think I continued to watch Power Rangers. And I don't care who got something to say about it in Twitter land or, you know, if you want to drop a comment, you know, as far as, you know, on Twitter, IG or inside the um, this episode. But I, I watched Power Rangers faithfully. I want to say all the way up until Lost Galaxy just because I just, you know. I was like, all right, let's let's just see what what you know what's this about, what the story is about. After that, I was like, okay, and of course, I had younger siblings. Now, I can definitely attest, you know, and feel feel your pain when it does come to losing, you know, a, a brother or so to to you know prison. I I myself, um, and I I don't think I've shared the story on the show before, so this is the first time. Um, I've had two brothers. One one that was in prison who was able to get out, which I'm so happy. Um, my brother Caleb, he was able to get out, and um, you know, congratulations to him moving forward on with his life. And I have my eldest brother, uh, who's been in prison since I was six, 16 years old. So wow. you know, definitely, yeah, and lost lost him for. A long time man um it's it's crazy and for him to be in prison especially now without you know of course him being put in prison for something that he didn't do is one you know that's a whole another thing that adds on to it so i definitely feel where you coming from from that so power rangers and of course wrestling saving your life and monday night nitro now which match was that again that 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 you caught i actually caught the uh main event match between uh goldberg and hollywood hogan oh so you talk you talking about the famous match inside the, the, the georgia dome yeah the georgia dome yeah you know man the crowd was absolutely electric Man, I like, man, I really miss those real, like, electrifying crowds, man, that would go crazy. But you know what it is, like, you know, the fans back then versus now, I mean, back then, you had, you had, like, dirt sheets, but it wasn't like this to, to this, you know, moment, like, you had to wait till the magazine came out, you know, you had to go buy it at your local, 
gas stations, your 7-Elevens, your, your Eckert's or, you know, your Walgreens, Walmart, you had to find stuff out. You know, back then the fans were more, I want to say, surprised. So, you know, their, you know, their, their curiosity alone with seeing things happen made them more excited for the product. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, nowadays, you know, with the dirt she's run so rampant, you know, it's, you know, generally hard to, you know, get surprised or uh, intrigued by anything. And, you know, but one of the few surprises was having just a few nights ago at the uh, NST TakeOver um, Vintage Day, where Adam Cole surprisingly turned heel by not only Super King and Finn Balor, but also uh, Cal O'Reilly. And I actually saw the match between uh, Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. That was an amazing display of emotion, technical, uh, chemistry, story-driven based wrestling. Not, not all this, you know, cheap pop, you know, love and flippy shit. That type of match, that's the type of reason why I love wrestling is because of that. Those two men put on an absolute clinic of a match. Easily one of the best matches of 2021 so far. Oh, hands down, brother. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, when you look at a man, and this is what I, I, I tell listeners to the show, and it's not the bash on any product, but when it comes to, you know, you know, pulling out a storyline and actually, you know, getting making you very invested, like that, that match itself alone is easily top three so far and we're only in the month of february but you know this match right here and when you when you look at the other product it's almost like you're looking for acrobatics on one show and you're looking for strong storylines on the other and yeah that, that's what nxt produces mm-hmm. yeah I, don't get me wrong even though i critique heavily the the uh acrobatic you know, fast paced style, but I, I do appreciate the uh, the hybrids when they mix that up with the technical, you know, story driven based stuff. So there, there's there's a balance that some of these wrestlers have. Even though I don't watch the WWE main roster, because if I try to watch Raw, I know for a fact that I'm probably going to sleep within the first two hours because Raw. If you look at modern day Raw compared to late '90s Raw. Modern day Raw feels like ground all day. It's like the same thing over and over. Like, I'm like, how many times have we seen this match or the Lana Nia Shayna thing? Like, this has been so done to death to the point where I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, and then, you know, you also got, got to take it to the fact it's like, Raw being three hours long is already, you know, too long. <laughs> number yeah. one. Like people's attention spans are not that long. Like, think about it. Like, when's the last time you went to the movies and said, "Hmm, let me go watch this three-hour movie"? Like, it hasn't been done. Like, Titanic was one of the longest movies next to uh, next to the Malcolm X movie with uh, Denzel. Yeah. Back then, back then you had to like. Um, this is for you younger listeners who don't know what this is. This is a v- VHS tape. So what you did with those is you put them inside a VCR and it came inside of a double pack. So it came with two VHS tapes because the film was way too long just to put on one. 
Okay. And yeah. I kind of feel like, kind of feel like with Raw, honestly, what then you're right. Like after, after two, after two hours solid, like you like, man, it's time to go to bed. I'm tired. I got to get to work. And then you, you end up finishing Raw later on if you DVR it. But I absolutely agree with you on that note. Yeah, because, you know, let's be honest, our attention spans nowadays are, are much shorter compared to what they were in the 90s when films like uh, Titanic and Malcolm S. Well, you know, yeah, because, like, when Raw, one of the things that I miss about the old days of wrestling, and I know you will perfectly agree with me on this, is two hours of Raw. Because with two hours of Raw, you know, every you know, segment, every match, even if they weren't the best match or segment, Every segment or match and everybody from the undercar on up had a role to play on the show. Nowadays, it's like the same, like two, three, four, five, six guys on the show and all the mid-card and lower-card guys and guys are totally irrelevant on Raw. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I'm not going to say kind of, it's shot like a TV show, you know, more, more so. More so to the trend of nowadays TV shows. Like if you look at today's TV shows now versus TV shows in the nineties, you had you you had a lot of pop in some regulars on the show, right? Versus as you go towards the two thousands, there may be five characters within the whole TV show, and you you may got one one or six uh, one one or two more appearances by random characters. So that's the way it's kind of put together now. So it's a totally different, you know, product. But also, you know, saying what I miss back in the day, no cell phones. Oh, yeah, exactly. You you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know, taking pictures of dark matches or recording them or uploading them on YouTube or nothing like that. You just go there, enjoy the experience. And just wait for something shocking to happen at the ve- particularly at the very end of the show. No, not not even that. The fact that even now, like you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I, I could be watching wrestling, or I could be at a wrestling show, and I'm looking down at my phone and not paying attention to the match. You know, this is this is why comedians like Dave Chappelle, shout out to Chappelle, for getting this show back and them breaking them off and paying that man. But uh. This is why Dave Chappelle doesn't allow cell phones at his um, at his comedy shows. For number one, of course, uploading the footage. For number two, cell phones are distracting. And you can't tell me cell phones are not distracting because I guarantee you at least 80% of the people that are listening to this show look at their phone while they're driving. Yeah. Because, you know, there have been numerous accidents that have happened uh, over, the, over the years as a result of being, you know, totally distracted by you know, looking at the cell phone or, you know, not really focusing on the road. So I get where you're coming from. So yeah, cell phones can be distracting at times if you allow it to. But the way I kind of deal with it is like, okay, if I take a cell phone to a wrestling show, I put it on silent and, do- and just watch the entire show and not allow myself to uh, be distracted by the constant rings on the phone. So. Yeah, I kind I kind of feel like people are you know so busy trying to either snap a picture, snap a video. Like I said, we are definitely guilty of it. But you know, in our case, it's more so to produce content for you know our pages and stuff. 
But nowadays, everybody and their mom has a Twitter page. Everybody and their mom has, you know, a show. And every everybody, you know, wants to bring out this content. And it's like I said, it's a double edged sword. You know, but I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's double edged sword. It's a it's a fifty fifty situation, right? You know, it's good sometimes to have that. It's also bad sometimes because you end up spoiling things for people that want to see the surprise. I mean, even with people that see spoilers or, you know, hear about spoilers on the Internet, some, half of those people go back and actually just watch it just to see how it plays out. But I think we're getting a little bit too deep into the rabbit hole of, you know, self. Yeah. But <laughs> but um, definitely. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I, I always feel that. It's important to watch the shows just to, uh, you know, be entertained and intrigued and wait for something big to happen with the very last angle at the end of the show. And, you know, back then, the big surprises always used to happen. Like, you know, you'll have, you have somebody come out and attack somebody that's been gone for like weeks or months. Or you have a debut from someone that, you know, that you wasn't expecting to debut that night or you know you have a major heel turn or a face turn like those were the moments that we used to crave for and now you look at today's product it's like okay all right okay yeah. so i could clearly see what's about to happen yeah because like, no like with the wwe main roster product in particular the, the overall wwe product kind of still repetitive and very predictable when you look at these main roster matches nowadays on WWE television compared to the 90s and 2000s, like, they just feel so, like, repetitive and predictable today. You already know what's going to happen. You know who's going to turn who. You know who's going to win or lose the match. Or, uh, in other words, eating the pin and wrestling slang. So, but back then, you didn't know who was going to win the match. You didn't know who was uh, going to show up and win and how. That that was That's the one thing, uh, another thing about the old days wrestling that I particularly missed. Like I said, people are studying this, you know, this craft that we call wrestling so much that, you know, it's almost like they got degrees in it, you know what I mean? But, you know, not to not to stay stay on this topic for so long. Um, so I definitely got to know. OK, so growing up in high school, did everyone knew that you like wrestling and was it something that you didn't tell nobody? Well, you know, I had some, um, you know, I know some old friends of mine. I, I think they probably grew out wrestling over the years, but like when I was like in middle high school, almost every week we talked about what we saw on Raw SmackDown every week. And man, it was like, it was so amazing going to the lunchroom and, you know, um, me and my, some of my old friends, and we would talk about what we saw on Raw SmackDown, what we liked, what we didn't like and stuff like that. I really miss those days right there. Like those type of conversations, don't really happen that much nowadays, especially when it comes to uh, the three-hour sleep fest called Monday Night Raw. So if I was like, if I was like a middle school kid, man, I, I'm gonna be honest, I would not be enthusiastic or excited for Raw because the enthusiasm and excitement for Raw, unfortunately, is at an all-time low compared to uh, the '90s and. And even like early 2000, where we used to be so ecstatic and excited just to see what was going to happen overall. 
and we would talk about the next day at school. Yo, I remember those days like, you know, damn, I guess I guess we all we all um, <laughs> we all did that in uh, middle school because I remember back in middle school, I think at Lantana Middle School. Yeah, it had to be Lantana. Lantana Middle School, uh, man, we used to click up. We used to talk about it, man. We had, had our own little factions. You know, you had people that were Wolfpack, had people that were DX kind of, uh, kind of thing. But yeah, we, we used to discuss it and, you know, lunchroom table, what have you, you know, I mean, everyone watched it back, back in middle school and it, even the people that watched it and, di and didn't admit it, you know, you, you can, you, you knew who was watching and who wasn't, but you know, today's yep. product is catered, it's catered for, you know, a, I want to say a younger audience, more more so, you know, around our age group. But then again, you got to look at it. It's like this. Um, like when you when you look at it, each product changes with the time, right? You know, the, sa the same thing for same thing when you look back at the 80s wrestling. And then you look at the 70s and the 60s, like it's catered different, you know, and with this generation they have to kind of cater it to them because at the end of the day i mean young young viewers is what everyone's kind of wanting to strive for uh you know it's almost in the simple fact that young viewers are the life form right they're the they're the lifeline that continues that actually um continues for the um the business to continue growing like so you know the more young viewers the better but at the same time for us people that have been watching it for a long time seeing the changes to it and seeing the product at the state that it's at it's like it's not as attractive as it once was you know it's kind of it's kind of like that one kind of like that one girl that was fine in high school bad as shit and yeah. you get older you get older and you see her like yeah i i mean she she i you know she ain't bad like she was in high school but you know she i you know kind of let you know kind of let let things go south you know what i mean but that's that's kind of kind of how you look at raw right now and yeah, you know so because back in the late 90s during during uh during during this peak man raw would average between like man like like four to like Six, seven, eight million viewers a week, which was crazy. And most of those people were casual fans, because wrestling, like in the late nineties, brought in so many casual fans. But nowadays, you know, casual fans don't really care too much for wrestling. Twenty years later, like they did twenty years ago, because they they moved on to like something else. That's why the that's why the ratings numbers, as much as you know, I don't care for ratings nowadays. But the range numbers are so stagnant. And then you also got to look at the fact that a lot of people moved on to things like UFC. You know, they moved on. I mean, and shout out to UFC because, you know, that's kind of like the evolution of combat sport. But until then, you know, it was, I mean, before then, it was just boxing, you know, kickboxing. Pro wrestling, like when you looked at, you know, combat sports, you know, you know, you had bare knuckle and, you know, arm wrestling, but you know, arm wrestling doesn't count as combat. But, you know, I guess a lot of that has to do with because you look at the USC's audience and they, but they average a pretty big audience, especially with their pay per views. 
But um, yeah, wrestling itself has changed and has it been for the best? No, and yes. I mean, some things were drastically needed, you know, especially like the way storylines were presented. Like, you know, let's be honest, like that that stuff that flew inside the nineties and all that stuff with some of those storylines, it's twenty twenty one, bro. Ain't none of that shit flying. Period. Oh, uh, not not in the current PG W PG Disney era of WWE. You know, uh, yeah, a lot of those storylines, those controversial, you know, uh, raunchy angles in the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, it's definitely not going to fly. And speaking of UFC, um, you know, Kimbo Slice brought more eyes to MMA because nobody even paid attention to MMA prior to Kimbo Slice's arrival in MMA. This guy became like the first ever crossover superstar in MMA history. He paved the way for fighters like Rampage Jackson, Daniel Cormier, hell, and even John Jones, who's one of the baddest fighters in the world right now. Yeah, shout out to Kimbo, man. Dade County, 305. Yeah, rest in peace. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, I, I remember seeing Kimbo. I remember the first time I seen a Kimbo fight, man. It's on YouTube, and I think we were. I want to say what the first fight I actually saw. I think uh, I was either nineteen or twenty. Can't remember, but it's on YouTube. And man, they man they showing me this dude fucking people up. Like like I remember I remember like even back at the you know the gas station like the DVD man sell you all the hood DVDs. You know you get you get a Kimbo Slice compilation inside the DVD. You know, you had uh, DVDs like Gangsters and Thugs, you know, talking about Palm Beach County. But, you know, that that, that Kimbo Slice, man, you pop in that Kimbo Slice, you see Kimbo knocking somebody whole eye socket out, eating punches like it was nothing. But, yeah, Kimbo, I, I think what Kimbo did was he put a, he put a lot, he, he put a lot of the hood uh, into, in, into uh, you know, USC far, far as viewers. Like, you, you had more people from the hood checking out USC than ever because, you know, th th that was their hood representative. But, yeah, people have moved on, man. People moved on to other things. But I kind of feel like that, you know, it's, I mean, especially now with the pandemic era, we, fans are not really in there. You know, wrestling is totally different now, you know, especially with this pandemic era. Yeah, because there's so, like, you know, this, you got WWE, you know, piping in the fake crowd noise, which I hate, by the way. But, you know, um, I heard that they're going to bring back real fans, like 25,000 on night one, 25,000 on night two, with, uh, you know, car, you know, cutouts of, you know, people. Uh, in the seats at WrestleMania 37, so I'm very interested to see uh, how that's going to play out. But yeah, but the pandemic era really has really changed the the modern day landscape of wrestling. You know, because like wrestling as a whole, especially the indie scene, took the biggest hit last year. And you know, while all the other sports like football, basketball, baseball, golf, racing, tennis has shut down. Professional wrestling stayed afloat in 2020, you know, and I had to, you know, give my respect to the wrestlers that, you know, decided to risk their health and livelihood, you know, uh, to entertain us. Because, you know, for them, this, for a lot of them, this is something that they love, man. They love to go out there and perform to the best of their ability uh, to entertain us. 
And, uh, man, I've enjoyed watching some of the best wrestling throughout the pandemic era. You know, um, I, I remember watching some matches a few weeks ago from uh, DGCW's uh, Fight Forever event. Man, like, the For the Culture event, and particularly the AJ Gray hood foot match, was fire. It was just as hard-headed, physical, intense as the Finn Balor-Pete Dunn match. Yo, you ain't never lied about GCW for the culture, man. And part two going down. Uh, it's gonna be going down. Um, actually, uh, what at the collective this year? Yeah, I am really stoked about that one. Here, here's a, a, a little thing that you should know. When uh, WrestleMania 35 was in like New York slash New Jersey a couple of years ago. I, you know, saw a little list online. There were like 500 to like 600 indie shows on the week of WrestleMania 35. They, I'm like, man, that's crazy to have 500 or 600 some shows on the week of WrestleMania 35. They had to have made between like uh, three to five million dollars that week. Yeah, I mean, we said before, uh, you know, in a few other interviews, like uh, WrestleMania season is not like just big for the WWE. It's big for the indies. I mean, you get people getting a chance to work multiple shows multiple times. People that, you know, people that haven't had a chance to come to a certain area or, you know, had a chance to be able to work in um, in this area gets a chance to be introduced to, to a new city like, you know, New Jersey, New York or when I went to Mania, me, my cold sheets, we went to uh, Mania in New Orleans. I mean, yeah, indie shows going down there. I mean, I, I think it's good, but you know, once again, the, the indies got hit pretty hard. I mean, especially here in Cleveland, you, had, you know, you had AAIW. I think the last show I went to with them was Hey Yo with Scott Hall. You know, we had AC Mack on the car, Alex Shelley, Lee, Lee Moriarty. I mean, of course, of course, you had you. I mean, you had the Who's Who's were there, but you know, you had um, Danhausen was there. But you know, shout out to Danhausen who just sold out his merch. You know, his merch less than what less than a week, less than a couple days, five hundred orders already, but. You know, the pandemic slowed down a lot of people's flow, you know, to some people, you know, that that do wrestle independently. This is what they eat, breathe, you know, sleep, shit, all that yeah. wrestling is, their, is, their, is their pipeline, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and just to think about it, you know, uh, the. DGCW 24 hour wrestling event fight for Elwood. That was actually a, that was also a wrestling uh, fundraising event to uh, you know get back to you know to wrestlers who have found their opportunities be you know significantly cut down by the pandemic. And uh, their goal was to raise like you know 50 G's, in which they did. They raised about almost 55 G's uh, during that event. Yeah, you know, that's big time, especially to all the talent that was evolved. PB Smooth was involved inside that, uh, you know. And of course, we we had our event with Ohio Wrestling Alliance uh, with Good Trouble. I mean, you know, my my thing is, I just love to see that these guys are able to eat, be able to work. I will say that, you know, I, I did kind of. I at one point I questioned should should we be having wrestling going on 
during the, you know during the pandemic because you know at that time COVID cases were spiking. I mean they're they're still spiking in some places. I mean some cases are going down. Yeah, we got a vaccine. Whether you get that shit or not, whether you trust it or not, that's on you. You know, I'm not going to tell you which way to lean on that. But it's like you know, at one point I was I was really conflicted. It's like you know, as a fan, yes. I want to see you guys work. I, I want to see you guys on TV, you know, especially, you know, for our weekly wrestling watch, you know, as far as your, your, your WWE, your AEW, your Ring of Honor, your New Japan, you know, and things and your Impact Wrestling and th- things of that sort. But it's like, do we, do we risk these people's lives to entertain ourselves? Are, are we being greedy? I mean, there's so many apps out there that have content of wrestling that we probably could have entertained ourselves for a whole entire year or, you know, two years, depending depending on when or if this COVID thing goes away. I mean, are, are we as fans selfish or what would you say that, you know, as, as a performer, as wrestlers, this is something that they they deem to themselves as essential because you know to them it's yes i'm getting a chance to work but i'm also getting a chance to provide you know a smile and you know uplifting for somebody i mean i don't know what what, what do you think about that you know uh one of the like when the pandemic first started and i know you remember this this was something that i hated like those empty arena shows and particularly uh on raw smackdown the performance center those empty arena performance shows, like, I absolutely hated the empty arena shows, man. It, it made, like, wrestling for me very difficult to watch. And I'm like, oh, man, can we just get this over with? I miss the actual, seeing the actual fans either cheering or booing a wrestler or a segment or a storyline or chanting, this is boring or this sucks. Yeah, come on, just get this over with. This, like, seeing, like, that empty, um, you know, empty setting in there in the PC was really infuriating for many months. But at least with the Thunderdome, it is a, it is significantly better. But I can't wait to see the real fans at WrestleMania 37 this year. Because, um, you know, DGCW announced that they're going to have the collective down there uh, in Tampa, you know, in a few months on the uh, weekend of WrestleMania 37. 12 shows, which includes for the culture. Man, I'm just stoked about that. And that, that to me, once again, is important, man. It's definitely important that, that we get stuff like that happening for, for these fellas, like who will get the chance to, you know, entertain us at that things of that sort and be able to put a smile on our face or get our, get our, um, or, or, or get our mind off of, you know, our current situations or what's going on, you know, with, with our life. But, you know, I have to know. I haven't asked you this that, but what made you get into writing? Well, you know, uh, you know, many years ago, I've always, you know, I remember when I did those little literature classes uh, from my elementary to high school years. I'm like, I'm not interested in writing. But then, like after my school days, well, many years later, I started to develop an interest in writing. And you know, at first, I wasn't good, but over time, I, you know, have to, you know, slowly get better and, and improve my writing and just get better. And then, you know, when I started writing pretty good articles, man, people started loving them. I'm going to tell you what, like, 
In my first two years of writing for Blurs Online, most of my articles that I wrote about wrestling were pretty negative towards WWE because of the of some some of the things that I saw from them that were pissing me off. And uh, but you know, starting like last year, I you know heavily scaled back on that. You know, but I I have wrote written other you know wrestling related articles that are not even related to WWE. You know, I wrote you know articles about um, why shows like for the culture and black wrestlers matter by the way are so important and speaking of black wrestlers matter uh black wrestlers matter too will happen on juneteenth so uh Yo, that's big yeah. and you know what here here's the thing all right the inaugural um black wrestlers matter black wrestlers matter championship bwm championship the front man john c will face jds for the inaugural BWM Championship at at Black Wrestlers Matter Two. Man, that that's gonna be huge, huge in itself, man. I'm, I'm I'm trying to find a way to get out there, man, because I kind of felt like okay, I kind of missed it uh, the first the first go round. Like, yeah, I, I ended up hearing about it. Like, I want to say within like a week or two before it happened because you know my my twitter game is not that heavy or my ig or anything for that matter because i'm always you know either at work or you know basically you know working or trying to edit or whatever but i kind of feel like man I, i gotta i gotta try to find some type of way to to get out there to see it man because i kind of feel like i missed it and I want to be able to actually catch this. I'm like, yeah, I, I end up catching it, you know, end up catching it on the replay on the stream. But I want to get out there. I definitely want to get out there and see it. Yeah, where's, I mean, where's this being held at? Uh, this is uh, being held, I believe, in Des Moines, Iowa. Like the first one was last August. So, and, um, you know, and speaking, the first Black Wrestlers Bad event was held in Des Moines, Iowa. And my favorite matches from that card were uh, ACA versus JDX and Airwolf versus uh, Jossi, frontman. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I got to get that one. I got to get out there because a lot of – I think this card is going to be stacked. You got Don't Die Miles is going to be part of this one as well. I mean, this is going to be stacked, man. This is definitely going to be stacked. So yeah, – and then you got Faye Valentine, Faye, uh, um, and then you got Brooke Valentine versus Faye Jackson. Man, now that's gonna be good, man. I, I already know what uh, Faye, Faye brings to the table. I mean, every match, completely entertaining, captivating. Yeah. Listen, make wrestling horny again. That is her brand new uh, merchandise that's a help. Make, make sure y'all support it, man. Faye is a. Uh, Faye is definitely a, a marketing genius, I'll tell you that much. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be some, something big, something big to look at. So far as far as what you um I gotta know, so who would you say would be if you had a Mount Rushmore, who's on it? Man, my Mount Rushmore. Okay, wrestling wise, I, I would say Booker T. Um, you know, uh, I would say Booker T. Kofi, 
Kofi Kingston, Jazz, and um, you know I'm gonna throw in Eddie Guerrero. Okay, pretty solid yeah. list. And the and the reason why I say that because when you listen to most wrestling fans' top five, their their top fives are not really as diverse as mine. So. Yeah, diversity is definitely key essential. I mean, so you know, looking at looking at Jazz being on that list, man, that's definitely big. Shout out to Jazz doing a retirement tour right now. You know, I like the fact you put Kofi on there and you put Booker T. You gotta put GI Bro on there, man. Booker T, you know, definitely held it down, especially in WCW, man. Held down. it down. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and um, you know, he also appeared in the uh the song that Bad Bunny did about him recently called Booker T. You know, even though he was kind of stoic in the video, but he was starting to do a little something in the video, which I thought was such good shit. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I mean, all, all this time I'm thinking Booker T could dance, and he tricked me. I was like, oh, come on, Booker, you gotta do a little bit more than that in the video. But no, but um, you know, Bad Bunny is hot right now. I mean, we've been we've been on that wave like since earlier. I want to say last year. But Bad Bunny is definitely hot, man. I mean, big, big things to come. But so your top five is definitely a solid pick. So I got to know, WCW wise, in your opinion, who were who, who were the, I want to say, top three got too much TV time and really was. Um, Really wasn't that entertaining to you? Yeah. Uh, I, I I would say uh, man, I I got to think of that one. I don't get me wrong. I I loved the NWO back in the day, especially the Warpath. But I felt like they were just like too all over the place. Uh, in WCW in the late nineties. Let's be honest. WCW in the late nineties was mostly about the NWO angle. I felt like, you know, um, you know, WCW, like, they were like, man, the epitome of overexposure uh, on professional wrestling television in the late 90s. So, yeah, they, they were just all over the place, man. I have to agree with you on that, man. I mean, but then again, NWO, <clears throat> for, 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 for life. But, uh, you know, the NWO, you got to look at it, bro. I mean, it spun out so many great, you know, Factions afterwards. I mean, you had the Bullet Club, which is basically the NWO. Um, and now, then because you also now, the Bullet Club, they're like the modern version of NWO. But here's the thing: all right, the Bullet Club, I consider them to be the best, uh, you know, faction of the modern because the Bullet Club made more stars than the NWO, uh, DS Evolution, and the Shield combined. That's straight facts, though. When, when you think about it, now, now when you uh, when you think about it, and this was bought up before. I mean, I'm glad they got a working working relationship now with New Japan uh, right now, but this was bought up before. New Japan ended up making all these guys hot, you know, Young Bucks. Well, let's just say the Bullet Club, for, for for this purposes, made you know, made they made the Young Bucks hot. They made Gallows and Anderson hot. 
they made, you know, of course, the the originator, Finn Balor, the person that started Bullet Club, made it hot. And they also made Cody Rhodes hot, a person that probably wasn't as hot before he joined the Bullet Club. And, um, you know, you got to look at Adam Cole. His stock went up as soon as he joined the Bullet Club. Same thing with Omega. His stock went up when he joined the Bullet Club. So, But... You know what I'm saying? When you look at it, when those guys went to go start their own company with Tony Khan with AEW, like, to me, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure and a couple other people, you know, it's kind of almost like, okay, well, let me let me go ahead and, you know, use this Bullet Club platform to get myself over, and once I'm over, we out. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of those New Japan fans felt, uh, you know, betrayed especially ones in japan but you know of course of course of course the ones for here in america you know it's like well hey i'm gonna go follow these guys because these these guys are the reason why i'm watching i mean because new japan got got a lot more american viewers on it once they start seeing more americans appear on it you know what i'm saying yeah because uh and, and speaking of that there's one more name that uh you know, you have forgot to mention, but I'm gonna correct it. Even AJ Styles was a member of the Bullet Club. He was IWGP, uh, you know, uh, heavyweight champion when he was a member of the Bullet Club from 2014 to like um, right up until Wrestle Kingdom 10, when he had that phenomenal match with Shinsuke Nakamura, which I consider the best match of AJ and Shinsuke's careers. So, uh, but yeah, you know, New Japan—they've been making waves lately. They uh, recently. Uh, you know, struck a deal, uh, I believe, with Roku to uh, distribute uh, NJPW Strong or something like that. So I'm very interested to see, um, you know, how this will play out. Yeah, man, same here. I mean, definitely happening in New Japan is definitely getting exposure here. They, they turned down the deal with Access, and they're like, you know, hey, you know what? We can go ahead and do do our own thing with Roku. And streaming is, is where it's at right now. People are streaming on on all platforms, so I'm definitely I'm definitely with it. You know what I'm saying? But one one thing I will say is this, though. You know, I really hope that something comes out of this partnership. You know, with the Dub and the Impact and the you know New Japan, because I don't want it to be where only one promotion gets over. You know, and the you know, other two are kind of like fighting. That that just there. You know what? It, I, this reminds me of uh, the Ring of Honor uh, New Japan partnership. I felt personally it like it was kind of weird because Ring of Honor didn't really benefit much from the partnership, but New Japan they benefited heavily from it. Like the G1 Supercard, the people that actually watched it and reviewed it, they uh, didn't like most of the Ring of Honor stuff, but they heavily praised the uh, New Japan. So I'm like, yeah. It's kind of like a tale of two wars at the G1 Supercard um, in 2018 in New York. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, anytime you have, like, some type of deal like this, you know, both or, in this case, all three promotions are going to be going to have to take some type of hit on either a couple people's characters or on the roster. You know, the product itself is going to shift more towards this invasion or working relationship you know type of you know storyline versus focusing on the stories that you've been building for the past year or so you know yeah 
because um you know man you know if AEW Impact and uh, New Japan uh got together and say hey you know let's do uh a super card but we need to do it in front of real fans because you know I don't want to see the super card happen at uh Daily Spouse. it's not going to work it needs to happen somewhere like the Staples Center or the legendary Madison Square Garden, or even the Cavaliers Arena up there in Ohio for this thing to go down. That's the one way I can see a supercar happening. And if they do it in front of real fans, it would be a huge spectacle. You're right. Or or they can they could just do it right there at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Yeah, that would be absolutely, man, amazing. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So, in your in your opinion, man, um, let's talk about top three factions of all time. Your opinion doesn't matter which promotion, WWE, uh, you know, WCW, ECW, TNA, Impact, whatever. Um, your top three factions. Um, man, yeah, I. You know, I, I think for number three, I had, um, you know, um, you know, evolution. Uh, for me, I would say number three, I would say number three, evolution. Number two, uh, I, I would say my top three is the mind there. I'm going to say my top three is the mind. Number one, um, you know, uh, Bullet Claw. Number two, Under Spirit. Number three, damn, number three. I would have to, you know, say the, I would have to say um, the hurt business because I like what they're doing right now, you know. Because the hurt business, they're probably one of the few good things about uh, WWE television right now on the main roster, as far as Raw is concerned. So, okay, that's a solid list, solid, solid list, solid list. All right, okay, top five tag teams. Doesn't matter which era, just your top five. Man, my top five, um, I, I was number one for me is Hall of Me. Number two, um, you know, the, 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 the devil is number three, the hardest. Number four, um, you know, of course, the New Day. Number five, um, this, this tag team is so underrated. But number five is Los Guerreros. Yo. Taking me back with that one with the Los Guerreros, man. Yeah, that, that was that's when that's when uh, the tag team division on SmackDown was solid, man. You had you had Eddie and Chavo. You also had um what you you had Paul Paul London and uh Brian Brian uh, Kendrick. You also had uh, Eminem on there. You had man, it was so many tag teams on there, man. Bash them. You just keep going on with the list. Yeah, man, that that right there was some of the uh, some of the best tag teams during that era. You know, man, two thousand. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Two thousand two through two thousand five, SmackDown was the best era in the history of SmackDown. Largely due uh, to um, you know, there there were actually a full horsemen of the SmackDown era from two thousand two to two thousand five. You had um, let's see, you had Brock, you had um, you know, Cena, you had Eddie. And you had, um, uh, I would say, um, Rey Mysterio. Those were like the four horsemen of the, the SmackDown era during those days. So, yeah, man, the SmackDown from 2002 to 2005, it was much better than Raw. 
Yeah, ten times better, and it was on UPN. Oh. <laughs> and and I loved UPN like because SmackDown was on UPN. We we got people that we would have never thought that we would have seen in on WWE television. We have Bruce Bruce. I Bruce Bruce, one of the funniest comedians of all time. Uh, in my in my opinion, like you know, especially during during the nineties and the 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 two thousands, Bruce Bruce on on SmackDown, you know, being the being being the the pastor do, doing the wedding at Teddy Long's uh, wedding to Crystal, and you had uh, Ron Simmons and the late great Butch Reed, rest in peace there as well man then you had the godfather shout out to the godfather man you know uh former guest on the show but you know you, you had the godfather come out with the holes and all <laughs> and all that stuff but you know you had you had people like bruce bruce you had the yin yang twins on smackdown like you you had so much culture be, because of the network that it was on it was able to draw in more more eyes more more diversity you know uh, yeah, that was one of the most amazing things about SmackDown. You know, it was like it was just basically like pure wrestling. You know, because SmackDown was was so like focused on wrestling. You know, like you know, NXT is also focused on wrestling heavily too. But SmackDown, you know, did it first way before NXT did it because Monday Night Raw from two thousand two to two thousand five, like Monday Night Raw was torture to watch. I'm like, man, I don't even want to watch this show. I can't wait until SmackDown come on first tonight. I mean, shoot, why do you, why do you think they switched Cena over to Raw? <laughs> you know, they they had to, you know, at that at that point. But yeah, you know, because you know, Raw did great. become Raw did become better when Cena was on there in two thousand what in two thousand six, two thousand five somewhere, two thousand sixes. That was around the time that I kind of you know grew out of wrestling, unfortunately. Like I took a ten-year sabbatical from wrestling, you know. During that period, you know, I lost, you know, um, you know, an old friend of mine that I grew up in the hood with, went to school with. Uh, lost my oldest nephew to, you know, horizontal violence, and then lost my, you know, uh, grandmother. So all that was, man, it took a toll on me. It was, it definitely hurt. And then I was like, man, I, like one day, like about a few years ago, I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched wrestling so long. I'm just missing out on it. I need to get back into it. And then when I started getting back into wrestling, I remember watching the uh um you know the all in event, like a forty five minute forty five minute highlight video of all in. I'm like, okay, this is what I've been missing. I am glad that I've seen this. Now I'm back into wrestling and you know, it kinda you know, you know, for me it's been like a roller coaster ride over the past few years. Especially with uh, the pandemic, but yeah, you know, the wrestlers will still go out there and put on, you know, their best matches to entertain us, and and I love that. That shows that wrestling is the most uh, resilient sport in in the in this country. So, oh yeah, hands down, wrestling was was also something that that was um, that was put. In place during during War World, you know, one one and two, you know, wrestling was something that that they put out there and they presented. Uh, but it's Black History Month, um, and I have to know first and foremost, man. Um, when when you think 
you think of black history and you think of black history and wrestling, who are some of the names that, that come to mind? You know, for me, like, you know, Booker T and Jazz and, you know, Kofi Kingston and, um, you know, Tuco Scorpio, who is so underappreciated, by the way. Man, I saw this man's match at the first ever for the culture event during the collective last of October against AR Fox. Man, this man is still doing, uh, you know, court screw leg drops and even his his innovative uh, finish with the 450 splash, which is done now by so many wrestlers today that don't really give the man credit for doing the move. So, yeah, this man is still doing all these amazing, like, you know, high spots at age 54 years old. That is remarkable. That is, man. Like, why, why, why isn't Too Cold Scorpio on, on an episode of Dynamite or Too Cold Scorpio on an episode of MLW or, uh, you know, well, I won't say NXT, but, you know, definitely those those would be like the, the main the main ones that he will probably appear on, you know, as far as television wise. But, man, I remember the first time I got a chance to see Too Cold Scorpio. It was in WCW, man. He had he had a music video and everything. He was answering the music video, and I was like, "Man, this this right here, this is cool as hell." You know, so I remember, you know, my you know I was a chubby kid, but you know me trying to do dance and all that, like that that right there, man. Two two cold Scorpio, underrated, uh, underappreciated, man. Uh, and I remember, you know, running back into him again in WWF at the time, the Flash Funk, and then you know. And then back in ECW, I think one of the first clips I got the chance to see with him uh, was with him and the Sandman. No, well, no, I think it was the Sam. No, it was it was Two Cold Scorpio versus Rob Van Dam, and uh, no, it was Two Cold Scorpio versus Suit Sabu. That's who it was. Versus Sabu, and Rob Van Dam came out. And Two Cold Scorpio, um, Two Cold Scorpio, and then uh, I think uh, the Sandman comes out, and you know the match is over, and they go to share share beer after the match, and they're dancing to uh, uh, Jungle Boogie by Casey, <laughs> Casey the Sunshine Man. I mean that that's one of my most classic moments, man. But you know, definitely good list right there. And one more question, I definitely got to ask you, man. Um, if you can book a card right now with stars that on tell on television right now, as far as you know, no, no matter what what company it is with, and some of the guys in independence, if you could book a card, and let's just say five matches, doesn't matter male, female, tag team, singles, triple threat, what have you, who would be on that card? So you got right. your WWE. A dub ROH, what have you, impact versus you know, s- someone from the Indies. Well, you know, since I'm more of an indie guy than mainstream wrestling guy nowadays, I will say one of the matches that I would book on the card is um is a woman's match, a one on one woman's match that um I've always wanted to see. Um let, let me see. Uh I will I would love to see like Jay Cargill versus uh Bianca Belair. They're like the, the black female versions of China. If you think about it. And then another match I will book on the card. Um damn. 
I would have to book uh Sheldon I, I would have to book Sheldon Benjamin against um uh I, I would say Lee Moriarty. And then the third one is like a tag team match. Oh man. Let's see. Um this is definitely WWE. This is like the New Day versus um MSK. The Marijuana Smoking Crew. <laughs> uh let's see, the fourth match would definitely be uh, the fourth match would definitely be man I love these street fights the fourth match would be a street fight between uh, you know uh, Bobby Lashley and Calvin Taintman and then the fifth match which is is uh, another woman's match um I I would have to say um you know, uh, Faye Jackson versus <clears throat> Faye Jackson versus the Wold. So those are my five matches that I would book right there. All right, man. I like that. I like that. Well, shoot, you got my money. <laughs> I'll pay for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind paying for that. That's actually a good card. You know, especially Shelter Benjamin versus Lee Lee Moriarty, man, that's a good one. Uh, man, you got you got some solid ones on there, man. So you know, we at we at the part of the show where we you know try try to dive a little bit more deeper. So you know, the next questions I'm asking are gonna be on wrestling related since we talked about wrestling. Uh, first and foremost, during this pandemic, uh, everyone was in quarantine at one point. So, what was on your quarantine playlist as far as your music? You know, the artists. Well, you know, I'm more of an old school than modern music guy. So, I've been listening to mostly old school music from like, not just the 60s, 70s, particularly like the 80s and the 90s. So, and since I've never been like much of a, um, you know, public person, you know, at least with the pandemic, it's really, you know, kept me even further quarantined. So, you know, I've, you know, when I'm in quarantine, I do a lot of stuff around the house. I clean up and just, you know, try to, you know, stay busy. You know, be on the computer, you know, watching wrestling. You know, I, I will tell you this. Like, there was one day, like, a few months ago, I watched 10 wrestling matches in one day. And all those matches were women's matches. That is, like, 10 matches is the most matches I've ever watched in one day in my entire life. And uh, so, yeah, you know, the pandemic has presented, you know, new and different challenges. It's actually helped a lot of people who uh, never thought about being content creators, become content creators, doing more, uh, you know, streams and, uh, you know, videos and stuff, you know, for YouTube. And and it's really, really cool. So I like it because it's such good shit. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. Okay, so uh, let's talk talk about this. Okay, um, what were some movies outside of wrestling that you watched during the pandemic? Oh man, I haven't watched that many movies at all. I've I've hardly watched any movies. The only thing that I enjoy watching so much, or um, the one thing that I do watch is actually. Um, I, I watch uh, crime stories, you know, because I love me some true crime stories. This is one thing that people don't know about me. I love watching true crime stories. 
because I'm always fascinated by, you know, the evidence and the people who perpetrated the ad and the victims and, and stuff like that. So I've always found that to be very intriguing. Yeah, man, same here. Like, you know, when I had TV one, I used to watch Fatal Attraction. Me and the wife oh, honey, would watch I, that. I love, I love Fatal Attraction. Man, that one. I used to watch Snap, but Snap became very, very repetitive. Uh, I watched Snap. Um, I think another one that that I liked watching was um, not for, for Forensic Files. I like watching Forensic Files. Yeah, actually, uh, one of one of uh, one of our guests, the the Rev Run Hunt, actually did some voiceovers for the forensic files for, for a commercial. So, so it's like, you know, definitely man, crime stories are, are big, man. It just, it just intrigues me to, to, to see, to see the dumb shit people do to, to commit a crime and, you know, all the, all the stuff that, that they leave behind as far as evidence, you know, but definitely so, so in tune with that one. Uh, I will say this. I will suggest a couple shows that you have to check out and uh, two movies that you have to check out. First two shows I'm going to give you that you definitely have to check out if you get some time. Snowfall, number one, which is going to be dropping February 24th this month. And the other show I most definitely have to suggest that you have to check out. You got to check out um, AT, uh, I'm sorry, Atlanta. Almost called ATL. Oh, okay. With Donald Glover. And um, two movies you got to check out, bro. You definitely got to check out. Um, oh, you definitely have to check out Judas and the Black Messiah, which I just got done watching. That was real good. Talked about, talked about, uh, of course, the, the the life of Fred Hampton. Uh, and uh, it also talked about, you know, government's uh, in- inclusion into the quote-unquote raid and the actual assassination of him and you also want to check out another big movie that that i saw this year and it's a disney pixar movie so okay you know so both both of these movies were, were very good very good but definitely man um definitely enjoyed having you on for today's show uh i have to know real quick listen where can the people follow you at and where can they read some more of your articles at? we've already mentioned the name of the show uh, i'm sorry the, the name the the name of the website but but tell them where where they can follow you and uh, place places that you are also available at well you know they you know they can follow me at um you know, Twitter, you know, at Kwame Shakir and uh, Instagram at Kwame Shakir 90. And of course, you all can find him uh, on Blurs, BlursOnline.com uh, for for any um, updated articles that, that he does post, post. I mean, you're posting almost every week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So definitely. So definitely check him out. Check out the articles. Also check out check out Powerbomb Jitsu as well. We just did a uh, crossover with 
with, with the fellas, them, and uh, down for the count. Uh, so check out Power Jump, Power Bomb Jitsu, which is also available on Blurreds as well. Uh, so you know, definitely, definitely support support businesses. Make sure you check out uh, the the rap rap and wrestle podcast. And there's a host of others that I'm probably gonna say on the next podcast. But listen, it was definitely a pleasure having you on. Before we get out of here, man, listen. 2020 was a rough year. And 2020, there was a little bit too much negativity going around. Listen, too much negativity can have you unbalanced mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Spread more positive vibes. It takes very little to build someone up than it does to tear them down. Think about the logic inside that message. Very simple. Spread more positive vibes. It can be something simple. You can either, you know, tell tell someone something positive for the day, or you know, if someone's going through a rough patch in their life, go get them a positive vibes only t-shirt at whatamaneuver.net. That's where you, you can find find our merchandise at at whatamaneuver.com. Uh, but also, listen, COVID is real. It hasn't gone away. We have to slow down the spread of COVID, people. Right. It starts out with good hygiene. We've been telling you all this since last year. You want to slow down the spread of COVID? And everyone's either known someone has either caught it, uh, either survived it or passed away from it. We have to slow it down. It's easy. We're going to need y'all to, first of all, wash y'all hands and wash y'all ass. Use soap. Make sure you are doing this from face to ass and not ass to face. That simple, people like a pimple and on that note we out peace now i'm switching my mind back into freak mode if you won't skirt sit back and observe i just left a gang over there on the curve now they got the freaks and that's a known fact before i got jacked i was on the same track back up back up because it's on n-a-t-e-n the woman to the G Just like I thought they were in the same spot In need of some desperate head But Nate Dogg and the G child Were in need of something else. One of them names was sexy as hell I said, ooh, I like your size She said my chorus broke down And just sing real nice Would you let me ride? I got a car full of girls And it's going real swell The next stop is the east side